eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday, a very rainy Sunday here in Southern California as... What used to be Hurricane Hillary, now Tropical Storm Hillary is uh, hitting the Southland with a bunch of rain. Nothing too crazy yet, uh, but you know what? Can't keep away the podcast. I had to drive into the studio with my windshield wipers on. We're going to talk to the coach Harvey Hyde about this USC football season that's starting in six days, which is crazy. We got the football season, USC San Jose State week zero coming up this weekend. Uh, look at August 26th on your calendar. You should be over there in the Coliseum, 5 p.m as the Trojans take on the San Jose State Spartans. Uh, today, like I said, we're going to talk with the Coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, for all of his content. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, a couple ways you can get a hold of us. You can pod- email podcast at uscfootball.com, or call or text us at 424-254-9141. we got a couple of voicemails to play for you Today, and if you have the Apple Podcasting app on your iPhone or iPad, you can uh, follow us over there on the Parastel Podcast. Leave a five-star rating review. It helps to grow the show. Tell your friends about it. Um, any USC fans coming up? The season is just about here. So you guys want to talk? You want to be more informed about the USC Trojans? you make you got to make sure you're listening to the Parastel Podcast. We're going to have probably four or five shows every week. Uh, and we'll have, start off the week with Coach Harvey Hyde, which is always a lot of fun. And he's on the line right now. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, buddy. I tell you, the weather is, uh, well, you know, everybody says how bad it's going to be. And then when it's not too bad, everybody says, hey, it's not bad today. So it isn't bad. I turn my sprinklers off. So now I don't have to water my lawn. So there's something good with everything. Yeah. The week, so if you're not from Southern California or here, I mean, if it, if we get a quarter inch of rain, it's like Stormwatch, whatever the year is. Um, and now we're supposed to actually get some significant rain. Uh, some places in like the desert, like a year's worth of rain which is only like five or six inches or something, but potentially in a day. So uh, we are getting some rain. Hopefully everyone stays safe. I know there's potential flooding and all of that, high winds, knocking over power lines and things. But we're here in Southern California, riding it out. We're bringing you the podcast because uh, this is what we do. 
Um, wanted to get to some different um, little news and notes around the USC Trojan football team. Uh, Coach Hyde's going to tell you what he thinks the headlines are going to be following USC's opener against San Jose State. And we're going to go through the whole schedule and give a uh, game-by-game prediction of what Coach Hyde and I think the Trojans will do overall in 2023 because it's that time of year, previewing things. Then all of a sudden we'll be in the games and we'll get rolling. So I'm excited, Coach. It's six days away from uh, college football starting again and USC and Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, get to see the new look defense. I mean, just just the anticipation of the season starting is getting me really excited. It really is, uh, especially the opening game of the year. You really don't know what to expect if you're a coach. You hope you're as good as you think you are. You've been playing against each other. You hope your offense is good. You hope your defense is good. You hope you haven't forgot anything. And you're waiting to see really how somebody really plays under fire. Do they remember their assignments? Are they too over-ready? Uh, you got to be careful on how you get your team ready to play in the opening game. You don't want to play on Wednesday when the game's on Saturday. So, you know, sort of build up the momentum and you really uh, practice all the things you expect to happen and you're ready for it, but you don't know if the team you're playing is going to do all the things you prepared for, so you got to be ready for everything. Yeah, that's uh, when you go into a game plan and like, oh, we planned for this and they're doing something completely different. Openers, I guess that's right, because especially now with the transfer portal, things have changed so much. Um, I mean, for one year, I mean, if you look at USC's defense from last year, they got a lot of guys back. But the defense is going to look completely different. So it's like hard for San Jose State to prepare. Um, so there's there's aspects like that where teams year over to year are changing a lot more. So it makes it, I think, even tougher for these opening, these opening games where you're not really sure what to expect. You're exactly right. And again, you have to make decisions on how you're going to handle Caleb Williams as far as is he going to play a lot? What is the point when he comes out of the game? How are you going to get Miller Moss and the other quarterbacks ready for the coming season? Because it's not just this year, it's the future. You know, USC opens against LSU next year, so you better have a quarterback that's got some experience. So you really have to look at a lot of things on what you're going to do as far as what your point of the season is. Is it to get uh, Caleb Williams another Heisman? Well, if it is, he's got to play more. If it isn't, because they go off the stats. But I think, personally, Caleb showed what he can do. He's the magic man. I think now what you do is what's best for the team and how you develop your team is for the future. Yeah, I will see. I mean, if the USC's defense plays better, there's more blowouts, then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're going to see more Miller Moss probably coming into the game. And uh, that's a good thing. We didn't get to see as much of it last year. Probably, you know, a lot of it being that the defense was giving up points later in games, so games were a little more uh, still in doubt. Uh, I think this year you might see a few of those games be out of reach and then an opportunity, like you said, to play some of the backups, um, and we'll see if that's what uh, Lincoln Riley ends up doing. Uh, all right, well, we have a little bit of uh, you know, breaking news, I guess you could say. So over the weekend, well, on Friday, Uh, The Salute to Troy event occurred on campus. Last year, they did it in the spring. It's back to the fall. Um, And, you know, I've talked to a lot of fans that were going to it. They were really excited, looking for autographs and all that. Some of the fans, we actually had an event coach over at Trader Joe's at the University Village uh, from like 3 to 5, 5.30 or so uh, before Salute to Troy started. And a whole bunch of USC fans came out. We gave away a ton of Trader Joe's USC bags. And they were great. A lot of people came we took pictures and we just had a blast it was a lot of fun and the people were excited a lot of them going over to salute to troy 
uh, a little bit later. And someone had asked us last week, like, are they going to announce the captains at Salute to Troy? And I think that's something they used to do before, but we hadn't seen that for a while, so we weren't sure. But that's what ended up happening. Um, so they did announce the captains for Salute to Troy, and the captains will be uh, quarterback Caleb Williams, uh, offensive lineman Justin Dietrich, who's his center, uh, also offensive lineman uh, Jonah Monheim, Jonah Monheim, uh, linebacker Shane Lee and shine linebacker uh, Mason Cobb. And so three of those captains are repeats. So Williams, Dietrich, and Lee were both captains last year in 2022. The only captain that's not back is uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu. So he was the fourth captain last season. But so two new ones, Jonah Monheim, you know, the one of the returning starters on the offensive line, likely going to be the left tackle for Caleb Williams this year. And then uh, new incoming linebacker, the the transfer from Oklahoma State, Mason Cobb, who also represented USC at Pac-12 Media Day. So what's interesting, we weren't sure if Shane Lee would, re- would remain a captain because it seems like Mason Cobb may have, may have come in and uh, taken his job. But it looks like Shane's still going to be a captain. They have five captains this year. Uh, I just want to kind of get your thoughts overall on the, you know this cap- how this all has played out and if, if those are the right captains and what you think about it. Well, I think they're all outstanding leaders. They have to be, or you wouldn't uh, have a vote by your teammates. And I believe they vote on who their <clears throat> excuse me, captains are going to be. Obviously, Caleb Williams is going to be a captain. He's a leader, and and uh, he's a guy that's uh, is the battery of the offense. It makes it happen. The center is the one. Uh, the quarterback and the center touch the ball more than anybody else in the game. As far as the offense, they touch the ball on every play. And he has to make all the difficult calls and make sure that everybody's communicating on the offensive line. So I think that's a, a, a real good selection. I think Monan to tackle. Monan to tackle has done a great job as far as coming along, and they moved him to the left side. Obviously, the players think that a lot of him, or they wouldn't have vote, voted him in as a captain. And I think one of those three probably had a lot of votes, was normally. You don't want to have five captains. You don't want to have three on offense and two on defense. But somewhere there was a close vote where they couldn't leave someone off. So they put three captains on offense and two captains on defense, which worked because the players know who they voted for. Don't think they don't know who they voted for. And if someone's not on there that they voted for and a lot of people got a lot of votes, they say, well, what happened here? And they think that maybe the coaches now are selecting the captains and their vote means nothing. Then on the defensive side, it's always amazing when a new player comes in and, and becomes a, a captain. Uh, Mason Cobb obviously has impressed people. Lee played last year, but at least uh, your captains are in the middle of the defense. They motivate your big uglies that are up front in front of you on the defensive line, and they communicate with the secondary as far as making it happen. So if you want two guys lining people up, then you'd probably want your linebackers doing that. Obviously, if they're not in the game at the same time, you only have one captain in the, the game at, at one time on the defensive side of the football. But the players know who their leaders are, and the players vote for who your captains are. And sometimes coaches don't agree on what the players' votes are. But if you're going to do it the way it is, you better go what, when you say something, you got to do something. Because players know who they're voted for and who the captains are going to be. It's, it's just something that... 
uh, you don't say, oh, I'm not going to tell you who I voted for. Maybe there are a few players that do that, but I think the players sort of get together and say, hey, this guy, he's a great leader. Let's vote for him or whatever. There always is a little bit of that going on, uh, uh, Ryan. So uh, if that's what they selected for their leaders, then those are the guys that are going to take them as far as the Trojans go. No, I agree with you, Coach. It's one of those things where if for some reason, say Mason Cobb is the new guy, or even last year, say Shane Lee. So Shane Lee comes in, transfers in from Alabama, and uh, became a leader for sure and was named a captain and actually represented USC at Pac-12 Media Day. So USC had two new players, Caleb Williams and Shane Lee, representing themselves in Pac-12 Media Day 2022. Shane Lee was very popular in the locker room, came in and just showed, you know, people knew he came from a winning culture in Alabama. So it was pretty well known that he was one of the leaders and say they voted for him and the coaches were like, well, we don't want to have a new guy. Let's, let's make this guy the captain. That would not go over well, right? Cause the, the players know like, Hey, we voted for, I mean, that guy's a great leader too, but we know we voted for Shane Lee. Um, so it's good. It seems like the, the coaches kind of went with, I guess, like you said, the popular vote. And uh, we, we talked to Lincoln Riley about it. He gets a vote uh, in the team captains, but, he gets one vote. It's, it counts as just as one of the players from what he told us. I believe that was at Pac-12 Media Day. He talked about that. Um, so, yeah. So, that's kind of an interesting twist. But it's, it's a good point. You got to go with the, – the players will know if you're if you're like, hey, we voted for him and you gave us somebody else. Uh, and I don't think that's going to go over well for anybody if that happened. No, you're right. And you got to be careful as a coach when you have the voting type of uh, popularity type of contest. But you want to really – have your leaders be your captains and not just a popular person that everybody likes. It's got to be your leaders. It's got to be the guys who are going to make the big play. It's got to be the guy that's going to motivate you. It's got to be the guy that's going to get in your face when you don't do what you're supposed to do or you let us down. So coaches know who that is. So you really don't want it to be a popularity uh, contest. You want it to be the real guys who are your captains. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to, um, we're going to go through the whole schedule, but before we do that, uh, you had brought up something when we were heading into the show. Um, I would say going into the San Jose state week, um, there's some good aspects to the San Jose state, uh, football team. We're going to do a preview, uh, episode and we'll do some previews later on, um, in the season. So we'll, uh, I mean, later on in the week. So we'll kind of get to all of that. Um, but I wanted to, kind of pick your brain a little bit on what you think the headlines are going to be following the game. So Sunday morning, um, what are we going to be talking about? What are the USC fans on uscfootball.com, what are they going to be talking about Sunday morning after the game against San Jose State? Well, I don't think it's got to be Trojans sneak by San Jose State because no one's expecting that to happen. The Trojans are a 30-point favorite over San Jose State. Uh they're an outstanding program, but they're a program that uh, doesn't get five-star players. Uh, this is what I used to call a body bag game for them, where they get a million or $2 million guarantee to run their football program and athletic department. They'll, they'll come, they'll play hard, but as a football coach, I'm not going to lay it on the line. I'm not going to make it my bowl game. I'm going to tell them that, hey, guys, this is a way for us to be evaluated on film. If you make a great performance and you play well on this in this game, pro scouts will look at this film, and you'll have a great opportunity to help you for the draft. I don't want to get my quarterback hurt. My Fresno State got their quarterback hurt a year ago or two years ago, whatever it was. I want to get my players healthy. I want to keep the game going. 
I don't want to uh, try to catch up and make it a a 60 nothing type of scoring race. I want to maintain control of the game. I want to keep the ball inbounds. I want to get in, pick up my check, and go home and get ready for my next opponent where I lose to the next opponent because I put everything on the line telling my team we were going to beat USC in the Coliseum in the opening game. Now, if I'm USC, I'm looking at my Sunday, or Harvey Hyde is looking at my Sunday morning headline, is defense shows up. Defense in first encounter of the year dominates San Jose State and shows an improvement where the Trojans now can defend on their defense. Now, San Jose State is not going to be a Utah, but it's going to be something new for us to see, new players, possibly new schemes, all the different things that we're looking forward to seeing. I'm going to be, I have no question about the offense, okay? The offense is going to move the football. The offense is the offense. Caleb Williams makes it happen. They've got, they're loaded with running backs. They're loaded with everything over their receivers. I don't see how San Jose can stop them. If if San Jose stops them, if it's because USC didn't show up and USC stopped itself by making mistakes and fumbling and throwing interceptions, okay? But the defense is what I'm going to be watching. The schemes they're running, the valuation of the players, because we haven't had a chance to evaluate any of the players at any time under contact. If there are breakdowns in the secondary, if there are breakdowns at assignments in the line, are they getting penetration? Are they containing the quarterback? Because the San Jose State quarterback is a good little quarterback. He runs around and makes plays. So I want to know exactly what's happening on the defense. Uh, are they running to the football? Are they tackling? That was a big question as far as last year. They couldn't tackle. Are they tackling and still trying to strip the football? These are the things I'm going to be looking at. And if I'm a reporter, if you're going to read in the newspaper, if you listen to my Sunday morning show, I'm going to be saying they showed up, they're for real, or there's still a lot of work to do and there's still a question mark. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do still as you're ready for conference in the next game. But the two first games... San Jose State and Nevada, they should dominate, and the defense should dominate against these these teams, and there's no excuse why they shouldn't. Because if they don't, there's a big question mark for Stanford, there's a big question mark for the rest of the teams on their schedule. So my Sunday morning headline is defense. What did the defense do? Did they allow Miller Moss to get in the game because the offense scored and Miller Moss had that opportunity? Or did they play the type of football game that we saw the last part of the year when people took advantage of them and they didn't look good? They had to try to outscore people. You know, and one of the things I'm looking for, Coach, because the schedule is so backloaded, it's one of those almost no-win situations for the defense because if you go out and shut down, a, you know, like you said, a feisty San Jose State quarterback, I think they got a bunch of – I need to go into the preview. I think they have a bunch of offensive linemen coming back too, if I'm not mistaken. But – they do. Um, they do. Yeah, but if you if if you're shutting down San Jose State, you're probably not going to get much credit. If San Jose State scores a bunch of points, you're definitely going to get blame. And I feel like you know last year in the opener, having like what four interceptions and three pick sixes, um, turnovers people can account to luck. And USC was doing really well. They did really well in the turnover department last year. I almost would rather see, you know, maybe you force one fumble and have one pick. That's fine, but not like 
five, six turnovers where it's just like, okay, they just got a bunch of turnovers again, but you get stops and not just stops, but like three and outs and get the ball back to your offense quickly. I think if you can get stops, you know, you mentioned tackling and all that turnovers are amazing, but I think in a game like this, just get a bunch of stops and show that you can, you know, did the, the watching what happened against Utah and Tulane, that that's what's fresh in everyone's minds, even though it was months ago. USC just not being able to get off the field on defense. So get a bunch of stops, not necessarily turnovers. And I think that will at least give people a better indication or better feeling like, all right, this this defense really has a shot. They're not stopping people because they got turnovers. They actually forced three and outs. They tackled people. They got, you know, they they, they got third and long situations and and defended a pass, whatever it is. I think that would be even more important than getting a whole bunch of turnovers. It really is. It's a, it's a headline for Sunday morning. If I'm an offensive player at USC, I'm obviously waiting to see, too, how the defense plays. Because I know we're going to score our points, but are we going to have to play catch-up the entire year again? So I'm looking at the defense to see, are they for real? Are we better, too? Are we really going to challenge for the Pac-12 championship, or is it going to be another one of these years? So really, it's not even just for the fans and the media. It's for everyone the players themselves, the confidence of the coaches, everyone, to see exactly what product and what these portal players have brought to USC's defense, along with any schemes that the coaches have changed to take advantage of their players that they have. Yeah. All right, one more thing before we get into the questions. I want to go over the entirety of the 2023 USC college football schedule. And coach, we'll just go, we're going to spend a lot of time on each game, but just kind of give a a quick thought of what we know about the the opponent and what we think USC will do. And at the end, we'll kind of tally it up and see where we feel this USC team uh, will be at the end of the season. Um, So it starts like we talked about week zero. It's uh, San Jose state uh, this coming weekend. I, you know, I, USC is going to win this game. I assume you think USC is going to win this game, but what are your thoughts? Well, San Jose state, we talked about it earlier, the 30 point favorite, which they should be. And if they don't win this football game, I'll tell you, it's going to be a long season, okay? Yeah. They, yeah, I'm going to tell you, you lose your opening game, and uh, you never can recover from that, okay? I have them ranked sixth in my poll, and uh, they won't be sixth in my poll, okay? It's going to be a long ways to get back there, too. So they can't let anyone sneak up on them. They've got to understand that everyone wants to beat them. They've got the Heisman Trophy winner playing. So they've got every reason to uh, go for it but again, not jeopardize their entire season. So it's up to USC to perform like John McKay used to say, my X is bigger than your O. So if I don't screw them up, we're going to win. Yeah, I agree with you uh, with their coach. So we both have them starting off 1-0. and uh, What about Nevada, uh, the week one game? Any thoughts there? I think USC is going to take care of business against Nevada. Any Any thoughts? Yeah, I think they'll take care of Nevada. They're they're ranked uh, real low in their conference. Uh, San Jose State would be a favorite over Nevada, maybe by 14 points, if they were playing uh, this uh, zero week. So uh, my same feeling is there. Get off, get out, get after them. Look good. Get your get on the field. Don't make mistakes. Don't beat yourself. Execute. And uh, I think that uh, that is another 30 point victory. At least it should be. Because here's a school again with, uh, with a new coach in his second year, had not a very good season last year, doesn't get the five-star players. I mean, that USC is getting, the portal players that USC is getting. If you can't beat Nevada, you're not going to beat Utah. 
Yeah, they were two and ten. Nevada was two and ten last year. Zero and eight in conference. Lost their last ten games. Um, lost to Incarnate Word. You know, give up fifty five points to them. Didn't score against Iowa. It's a uh, yeah. This is a this is a big loss for Nevada. So it should be a big win for USC. And then in week two, uh, you get the Stanford Cardinal, which was a three and uh, nine team last year. Get you know David Shaw's gone. You bring in Troy Taylor. They got you know pretty good recruiting class. They're one of the left behinds in the Pac-12, but they lose a lot of dudes. They brought in a few transfers. Like it's just they're not very good at. Or just, the school's not been set up to bring in transfers. They've not been able to adapt the way college football is changing. Stanford has not been adapted and adapting that way. I think Troy Taylor is going to get them to be better. But not yet. I think USC just rolls through this one, too. Three huge wins, blowout wins, I feel, to start the season. What do you think about USC-Stanford? Well, I think Stanford will be ready to play. I think Taylor would try to make a statement here with his team. It'll be his first major game against the Trojans, a big big rivalry, which it is. I think the Trojans will go to play because it's a conference game, and whenever it's a conference game, you can't lose a conference game. You can't lose any games if you're playing for the championship of anything. But I think his team will fight. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he had a good recruiting year, and he's having a better recruiting year this year. The media didn't think much of him as far as the media polls. I think his team will play hard. I think his team will not give up. But the Trojans will go up there, and like I said before, if my X is bigger than your O, they should win. They should win, I would guess. A score of something like I would say I'm guessing thirty five to seven. Yeah, I think that's I mean it, it might be worse than that, but we'll see. Uh I I think Stanford is gonna be pretty bad this year, but I like what Troy Taylor's doing. It's just I think it's gonna take a little while. Um but yeah, so I think three and oh heading into the bye week, week three bye week, which is a little weird. Um so get a little rest, potential three blowout games, and then you go into uh week four you have a couple of road games off the bye week that could be interesting. Uh, first up, week four is Arizona State. Uh, new new coach there, too. So USC's first three games, Coach Hyde, they are against brand new head coaches. So Troy Taylor at Stanford, uh, Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State. And we'll talk about week five when uh, you know Coach Prime is coaching Colorado. But USC's first three games in conference are against the three teams that got new head coaches in 2023. So... Usually it takes a little while for the transition. I like the you know what Kenny Dillingham is bringing to the table. They did a complete you know roster rebuild, not like Colorado, but very you know I think forty new players or something like that. Um, got three like, pretty good quarterback options. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet, but I feel like this is going to be maybe like a five hundred type of team. USC goes on the road and takes care of business against San Jose State. But any thoughts on that? Well, USC, when they played at Arizona State, have always had a tough time. The Sun Devils get ready to party, okay? And uh, they're a big rival. They get a lot of players from Southern California. I think he's done a good job, too, as far as putting his staff together and bringing players in and so on. But again, I think uh, it's a mismatch as far as the Trojans have had a year of rebuilding. They've got the Heisman Trophy back, winner back. Uh, I think that uh, if uh, USC would allow Arizona State to beat them, they're not on the path of where they want to go. So I would say they got to go down. They got to take care of business. And I would just tell my guys, pack your lunch. We're going to do a job. And then when we're done, let's get the hell out of here. 
And I, that's exactly the way I approach that game. Let's execute. Let's play like champions. Let's don't let our fans down. Let's everybody have, when they come across the field to shake our hand, let's have them say, you know what? You are a good football team. Yeah. Um, you know what? With, I have my sound effects from the podcast of champions. So my apologies. I should have played it. So USC, San Jose State, Nevada, and then Stanford Cardinal. After a bye week, go on the road to take on Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> and then for back-to-back road trips, Coach, uh, next up, going to Boulder to take on Colorado Buffalo. <laughs> Coach Prime, uh, by then, who knows where Colorado's going to be. They'd have a road game against TCU. They played Nebraska. There have been uh, at Oregon, like they got a pretty tough uh, road um, t- before heading, to, you know, uh, before hosting USC. Uh, I don't, I-, I think it's great what Prime's doing, like really trying to rebuild this roster and do it quickly. Like Arizona State's trying to do the same thing, but I just think USC is going to be way too much. Um, you know, th- there's no depth at quarterback. You just got to hope, um, you know, Shador Sanders stays healthy. They give him a shot. You know, Travis Hunter is a great player. But I just don't think there's going to be enough uh, there in year one for USC to have much trouble with Colorado. So any, any thoughts there, Coach? Yes, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I wouldn't uh, have a tough time getting my re- team ready to play, okay? Uh, Coach Prime has been uh, getting the headlines everywhere, sellouts to spring games, sellout at the season tickets, sellout and this and that. If they're going to sell it out, let's give them something to look at. And I'd go up there and tell my team, hey, let's go on the field. There's been a lot of yelling, a lot of talking up here, and I think we ought to let them know there's a ways to go. They're trying to get out of the pack 12 and we'll give them a, a, a ticket on their way. And uh, I would go up there and I'd go all out on this game. It's big on recruiting. It means a lot in the different type of programs. I think you've got to go up and make a statement, and I'd go up there and really play well to get my team ready to play this game. I think it's really important for the USC football program and I think it's important for my players to go up there and show them. And I would tell them this, what a real football player looks like. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Both of us have USC going 5-0 and to start the season. Week 6, uh, a, it could be a Friday game or Saturday game uh, against the Arizona Wildcats. Jed Fish really you know, trying to turn that team around. Uh, they had to rebuild the entire defense. You got Jaden Delora coming back. Some talented receivers, even though USC took three of Arizona's best players. They did bring in a lot of transfers on the defensive side, trying to get a, what was a really bad defense last year better. They definitely gave USC some fits last year. Uh, this will be at home either Friday night or Saturday. Uh, I think I think Arizona can go 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game, but I don't think one of those wins is going to be against USC. So I got the Trojans starting 6-0. and oh. What are your thoughts? Well, this is a team that's a dangerous team, okay? You've just gone up and played Colorado. Mm-hmm. And the kids have talked about it coming back and had a good time and a good trip and celebrated and so on. And uh, Arizona, this is a big game for them. I mean, they've got players that they know that have transferred to USC. They probably can't be too happy about that. And and I don't think USC can overlook them. I mean, if if they overlook them and they're not ready to play and beat themselves and make mistakes. It could be a close football game. It's always been against Arizona. Arizona will score. They've got an outstanding, exciting quarterback. Uh, 
So this is a game that's, I think, a dangerous football game. I think it's one that you should win, but I think you have to be very careful as far as getting your players ready for this football game, not celebrating till Wednesday uh, about their, their victory and what their record is at this time, but getting ready to face a team that really wants to beat them, the Wildcats. He, he's, he's done a good job there. He's done a good job recruiting there. Uh, what is it? Uh, I think Pete Carroll's uh, son is the offensive coordinator there, so that'll be extra motive for them. So, uh, yeah, this is a very dangerous game. I think the Trojans should win the football game, but they've got to be ready to play and execute to win this football game. I don't see, think it now, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not talking about blowouts, but I think they've got to be good enough to win this football game. You've got to, you can't blow out everybody. You can't beat everybody that way. You've got to be good enough to bring your lunch, play a home game, don't let yourself down and your fans down, and win that game. And that's what they have to do. Yeah. Um, it's So I think both of us, if USC is not 6-0, and like this isn't going to be a Pac-12 championship level kind of team, I don't I don't believe. Because the, the second half of the schedule gets a lot harder. It sets up really well where you go through. And even if this game's a Friday night, it gives you a little extra, one extra day to get ready for what's going to be a tough road trip. Um, toughest road trip of the season so far, going to South Bend, Indiana, going to play. Notre Dame. And so that's week seven, which is going to start, you know, a pretty a tough six week stretch without any breaks, uh, no bye weeks until week 13, which would be after, you know, the regular season is over, giving you a little extra time to get into the Pac-12 championship game if you make it. But this is a tough little stretch here starting now. Maybe Arizona even is, is, is pesky, but you know, at Notre Dame coach, I feel like Notre Dame is going to be a pretty good team. Um, I don't know from what I've seen and, and read. I don't know if they're going to be a great team. Uh, I think USC's defense is going to be a lot better and will and will do okay here, but the offense is going to be pretty tough to stop. So I, I like the Trojans uh, in South Bend, and I feel like they're going to get this win. What do you, what do you think, Coach? Well, it's Marcus Freeman's second year. <clears throat> uh, he learned after the season the way it started last year. He was zero and two. They went on and, and had a great season, and I think they won ten football games. I think they were ten and four or nine and four or something like that. They're playing zero week two, going to uh, Ireland, getting four million dollar guarantee to go over there, which isn't a bad trip. Uh, I think that uh, their offensive line is going to be big and strong, like it is every year. And I think USC's defense is really going to be tested because they not only will they run the football, they're going to throw the football a lot more this year. So they'll be more balanced than I think they've ever been before. They got the quarterback from Wake Forest over there, and they're really happy about what he's doing there, the leadership and so on. The defensive side of the football, I think, uh, might not be as strong as the offensive side as far as physically, but Marcus looks at that side of the ball a little bit more than the offensive side of the football. I think it's going to be a dangerous game, okay? I think back there in South Bend, when the Trojans come in, if they're undefeated, as you, you mentioned and I've mentioned. I think it's going to be a huge game for them. And uh, back there, you don't know what the weather conditions are going to be like or whatever, or the field conditions. So I think it's going to be a nail-biter, okay? Now, I hope it's not because we can enjoy the game better. But I think it's going to be a nail-biter because I think they're going to come to play. This is their bowl game. They should really, you know, they've got uh, – they play Clemson – and they play 
can't remember the other team they play, but this is their bowl game. Okay, Clemson's a great football team, but this is their bowl game. So uh, this is a very dangerous game for USC. Uh, they've got to go in there and really concentrate. They've got to be balanced. They've got to play well. They can't beat themselves. They can't get distracted and uh, get a win. So I don't look well, at who's it. Who's going to win, uh, Coach? We, gotta, we need a prediction. Who's going to win? Not, I, I, well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> well, that's what the whole segment t- is. We're predicting who's going to win. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Okay. I think SC will probably be a three-point favorite, and I hope they cover. But – Who's going to win? I don't know. I wish I could. I'd run up and bet on it. Okay, well, the other ones I'll bet on. <laughs> the, 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 we're, we're predicting the schedule. We're predicting the score. Oh, I mean, I mean, not the score, the record. Ryan. So, so you're right, let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. Yeah. If they play their best game, okay. So if they play their best game, and their defense is for real, and I don't know if it is yet, okay. Yeah. If they play for real, and their defense is for real. And they let that, and our man Caleb gets it done. They'll win, okay. But if the defense isn't for real, then they're going to lose, okay. <laughs> if, if the defense isn't for real, they're going to lose at Notre Dame. No, I would agree with you, but we do have to say I'm going to say USC beats Notre Dame. Are you saying they are or aren't? I'm going to say they are. Okay. If the defense is for real. Okay. <laughs> we're going to assume that. I don't know. I can't tell you. We I don't know either. Defense. That's why we're doing this, though. We're just going to, like, here's what we think is going to happen this season because we're going to come up with a, a record. So we can't say, like, a, if this happens, this record, if, you know, um, we're we're predicting what the record's going to be. Well, I then, think, okay, if, if the defense is for real, they win. All right, we'll assume defense is for real. Uh, I did forget to uh, play this one from the last game. Arizona okay. Wildcats. Because that's a cool one. So uh, Arizona, week six. We talked about Notre Dame, week seven. Uh, in week eight, this is a big one. This is one you got to circle. Coming into the Coliseum. Utah Utes. Utah's schedule is, uh, obviously, Utah beat USC twice last year. They won the Pac-12 two years in a row. Uh, very difficult schedule, though, for the Utes. Um, you got Florida in the opener coming to Salt Lake City. Uh, Utah's coming to the Coliseum for this one. Cam Rising, we don't know if he's going to be healthy for the opener, but by this time, he should be ready to go. But I just feel like you never want to doubt, uh, you know, uh, Whittingham because he's just a really, really good coach. But I would say in in this case, I feel like this is one that USC is going to get revenge on. Same thing like you're saying, Coach. Like this is, a, I'm assuming Caleb Williams is still healthy. He doesn't hurt his hamstring against Utah again, whatever it is. But I feel like this is a, a spot where USC can come back. Uh, probably a tough game, but gets a win against the Utes. What do you think? Well, my feeling is this. If you can't beat Utah at home and you got the Heisman Trophy winner back and you were humiliated by them twice, they go to the Rose Bowl in your home city or close to your home city. That's the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. And you stink it up in Las Vegas, and you can't stop their tight ends, and he catches 15 passes against you, and you can't correct that, then you're going to get your butt beat, and you deserve to. But if I'm Lincoln Riley and the coaching staff at USC and the players at USC, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let them come in, invade my Coliseum, and take home the draft, draft trophy. I'm not going to let it happen, even if they got rising back. I don't care. I know they got a great running game. They're going to be very physical. They got great players and so on. I don't care what they have. I'm going to sell to my football team. If we deserve to, to, to win a championship, this is a championship football game for us, okay? 
It's a conference game. It means more than anything else. This team has won the conference, gone to the Rose Bowl, and we sit and watch it on New Year's Day, okay? So I would get my team really ready to play this football game, and I'll take the Trojans because of that. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there, Coach. I think they're going to be – this is circled for sure. Um, next up, you're going on the road. Second to last road game of the season. Take on California Golden Bears. Yeah. Uh, try to rebuild the offense. Both their quarterbacks left from last year. Um, this is, you know, Cal got hurt by the transfer portal much more than they were helped. I just don't see this as being a very good team. I think they're going to lose a lot of games and one of them will be to USC probably by a lot of points. Well, I agree with you. Again, uh, it's the emotional part of it. Here you play Notre Dame, you got Utah back-to-back, and now you go to Cal. And if you scrimmage yourself, probably you'd have a bigger game if you got yourself ready to play. But again, it's scary to go to Cal, and you know they're going to be ready to play. They're the ones that are part of the Pac-4 now. And uh, they're going to play with a lot of pride and so on, but that pride can't win you football games if you're ready to play. So I'd have to give the Trojans a W on this. If they don't get a W on this, they don't deserve to win a championship. So I'd get them ready to play. You go up there, my X is bigger than your zero. They shouldn't be in the same huddle with you. So I'll give them a W. Yeah, I will do the same there, Coach. Now the next couple games, really tricky. Uh, Back home in the Coliseum against Washington Huskies. I like Washington a lot this year. I actually picked them for the Pac-12 media poll to go and play USC again in a few weeks in the the Pac-12 championship game. Michael Penix Jr., number 10 in the Heisman voting last year. I mean, he's going to score a bunch of points. They got really good receivers. Uh, I think that, you know, the defense was kind of bad, but I think they're going to get better this year. Should be a better defensive performance. Kalen DeBoer, you know, to go from, just like Lincoln Riley, from four wins to 11 uh, in your first year. Pretty impressive job what they're doing. I think because it's at home, uh, the Trojans do get it done against Washington, but I think this is going to be a a shootout. Even if the defense is playing well, you're probably going to give up a bunch of points to Washington. But I don't think USC and Caleb Williams will be stopped in this one, so I'm going to take USC at home to take down Penix and the Huskies. Any thoughts, Coach? Well, I think that last year this is the best coach team in the conference, okay? They finished strong. They beat Texas in the bowl game by one point. They've gained a lot of confidence. Uh, they got their starting quarterback coming back who can get it done. They've got two great receivers. They're very physical. I like them as a football team. I really do like them as a football team. And thank God it's not in Seattle, because that'd be a very difficult place to win at. They come to the Coliseum, and I think it's homecoming. I don't have a schedule in front of me, so I don't know. But I think it's homecoming. If you're going to pick a homecoming game, normally you pick a homecoming game that you think you're going to win. So this is going to be a real battle. I think Washington, believe me, I think Washington could be undefeated too. I think they could come down here and be undefeated. It could be really the battle almost for the championship of the Pac-12. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be brutal. I think it's going to be high scoring on both ends. And I think maybe the the guy with the ball last might win this football game. I tell you what, because I, I watched them play last year, and I tell you, they're really good. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you, uh, right now I'll take USC, but I want you to know something. You better bring uh, all your guys, all your ammunition, 
because these guys are coming ready to play. Yeah. Now, I agree with you, Coach. Um, this is going to be a really fun game. Probably the most fun home game USC has all year. Uh, Utah if they don't good. sell this out, if they don't sell this game out and both teams are undefeated, they'll never sell a game out. Yeah, you got you got to sell this one out. I think this will be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, next up, going on the road for what I think is the toughest game of the year. Oregon Ducks. Now, Coach, I'm higher on Washington than Oregon this year. Some people are higher on Oregon, and that's fine. We'll see. Um, you know, Bo Nix was a great quarterback last year, got dinged up later in the season. He loses his offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham. Will that matter? Um, we will see. Um, they had some kind of magic going there, and we'll see if it does. But I feel like this is one where it's just going to be really tough to go into uh, Austin Stadium and play. I think USC will play well, but I just my gut feeling is this is the one game that's going to trip up USC, that they get a loss in this one, and they go on the road and, you know, doesn't – kill their chances of winning the Pac-12, doesn't kill their chances of making the playoff. But I feel like even though it's late in the season, road game after a really tough stretch, we had Notre Dame, Utah, and Washington in three weeks. I feel like go on the road and, and lose this one at Oregon. Uh, any thoughts from you, Coach? Yeah, you're, you're playing three physical football teams in a row. Now, you're going to hope you're not beat up, okay? Beat up physically, you probably have to have a light practice because you're going to have bumps and bruises from that three weeks that you played. Hoping you didn't lose any key players. I like Washington better than Oregon. I think they're a better football team. And I think there's more of a hatred for Oregon and USC than there is for Washington. I think Washington is a team that they respect. USC, I think they do a great job of coaching, but Oregon is a different deal. Oregon is a team that shoots off its mouth all the time and recruiting. They battle them for everything. And Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. And I think this will be a game that USC will look forward to going on the road. I mean, there's some games when I coach that I'd like to go in their home city, and I used to tell them, my team, we're going in there, I want to play them here because I want to beat their fans, and I want to beat the whole city, send them all home crying, okay? I want them to know just how bad it is, and on the plane, we'll eat and and happy and celebrate all the way back to Southern California. This is a game you got to have. It means so much in recruiting. It means so much to everything. So this is a game I wouldn't have a tough time getting my team ready to play. And I think beating Washington will be more difficult, even as though it's at home, than beating Oregon at Oregon. So I'll take USC up there if they're not beat up and lost their quarterback or something. Nice, Coach. I like it. Uh, All right. We got one last one. Coming back home, taking on your rival. UCLA Bruins. Bruins uh, don't have a very difficult schedule. Um, you know they miss Oregon and Washington this year because USC plays Oregon and Washington, but they do have to play Oregon State. Um, you know, new quarterback. You know, losing Zach Charbonnet. You got lose some pieces, uh, but you know they they bring in some good guys out of the transfer portal. Chip Kelly's been really good at getting the portal guys. Um, I think it's at home. I think the Trojans take care of business here. Uh, beat the Bruins, who I think will have a good record, but probably like a nine and three kind of thing. One of those wins won't be against USC. So I got the Trojans. Uh, that would finish up eleven and one in the regular season and have them go into the Pac-12 championship game. What do you have, Coach? Well, I think the Bruins—you never take them for granted. I think Chip Kelly does a good job of getting uh, a lot of it his players, and I think his players like playing for him. I think he'll be better than what people expect. Dante Moore will probably be the quarterback. 
uh, young freshman kid, and if I'm coaching against him, I'm going to give him every single type of look he could have and try to confuse him and go after him. And that's why it's important that they have a running game. Uh, the offensive line there is somewhat questionable, but they're happy with it. So at home against UCLA, uh, if you're undefeated, uh, UCLA could be a big spoiler for them and their program, and and that's what they'll be playing for, I think. Uh, I agree with you. They've got Oregon State and Washington State. They don't have Oregon or Washington. And that will benefit them because that will make this game even a bigger game. But again, uh, if Dante Williams is well, not that Dante Williams, is Caleb Williams is well and playing like he should be, and the defense is what we think it should be and can stop the run of UCLA, then, hey, put the lights off. Turn the lights off. The party's over. Wow. Because they used to be able to run the football. And if they can't run the football, then if I'm 11-0, and what am I going to have? I'm going to get beat at home? Are you telling me? I tell those guys, hey, man, don't come into this locker room if we lose this football game. Because uh, this, this, is, this is the beginning of an end. This is what you play for. This is it all. So if it comes down to that, and I'm uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, that's what I get ready for. I'm not talking about Pac-12 championship, Las Vegas. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about beating UCLA and the Bruins and see what happens. Yeah, Coach, all right. Well, I think you uh, agree with Bill Plaschke, who came out. He said uh, USC be 12-0, and and you're, uh, you're right there in that camp. So, again, there's caveats, right? If the defense is starting to play like crap, this isn't going to happen. So that's right. And and Caleb Williams got to stay healthy. But yeah, okay, all right. So I got him eleven and one. You got him twelve and zero. Both go in the Pac twelve championship game. So uh, cool stuff. But yeah, good good little schedule breakdown there. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed that. Uh, went a little long, but let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And uh, I got a, I got a secret to tell you when we come back. Okay, back in a minute. And Coach Hyde has a secret. We'll answer some questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Coach Hyde promised a secret before we went in the break. What do you, what's your secret, Coach? Well, I don't know if it's a secret, okay. but I'm going to tell you this. This week, uh, USC is going to announce a new athletic director. Oh, okay. All right. Just thought I'd get you uh, fired up a little bit, okay? I leave everybody with this. I think it's going to happen either Monday or Tuesday, okay? Maybe even today. Maybe even today. 
during the the hurricane or the tropical storm or whatever we got now. All right. Maybe, maybe. I just wanted to get you uh, fired up a little bit, Ryan. You didn't sound too fired. No, I know you're fired up. I'm fired. But I know you're anxious to find out who it is. Yeah, all right. Well, that'd be cool. We're heading into the the first game of the college football season. Um, Good stuff there, Coach. All right, well, we'll look for that. Um, Our buddy Curtis called in, and his voicemail, unfortunately, broke up a few times. But he agrees with you. He was – He's really high that the defense is going to be, he said he's the most optimistic USC fan, thinks the defense is going to be a lot better, and uh, he thinks the Chargers are going to go undefeated too. So, uh, sorry, Curtis, we couldn't play that for you, but uh, I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that he had called in and and said that. And uh, we do have another voicemail that actually didn't uh, break up, so I'll play this one for you, Coach. Hi, Ryan, this is for you and the coach. Coach Harvey Hyde, you can give us your perspective on coaching a crazy athlete at quarterback. Randall Cunningham was very hard to catch in the open field with a very powerful arm, and he could break off a script at any time and hurt you, just like Caleb Williams. Coach, how do you handle a player like this that is so much better than everybody else on the field. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, you know, Randall was a great athlete, and really he's the athlete that uh, today people are looking for to play not only in college football, but to play in the NFL. He was the first to do what he did. He led the, he had a rushing record. He broke, I forget whose uh, rushing record he broke. In the NFL, he was a punter. He got the fourth longest punt in the NFL. Uh, he could throw a football, uh, uh, I don't know, 100 yards, I mean, and he could run. In fact, he never slid or did any of that. You saw him leap over people, dive through the air. I mean, uh, that was a, a different breed cat. I'll tell you, I'm still very good friends with him. He's a minister in uh, Las Vegas, and he says his biggest game is on Sunday than he ever had before. And... uh he, 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 we never asked him to run the football. We did a lot of pass run options with him, play action. We believed in the running game. Uh, if you come up, he dumps the ball off. If you drop back, he runs the football and try to run out of bounds. I didn't ask him to do what he was doing in the NFL. But he's a great athlete. He should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. If you talk to any uh, NFL football players who played against him or with him, uh, you would say that, uh, or ask them, they would say he's probably one of the best that they've ever had. He's he's probably the quarterback that the receivers say they could never outrun his pass. I could run as fast as I wanted, as far as I could go, and Randall would get the football there. So uh, that's what I could tell you about Randall Cunningham. He's a great kid. He's a brother of Sam Cunningham. And uh, it was a pleasure coaching him, as it was other great players I was able to coach, because that's what makes you a good coach. All right. Uh, let's go to one more voicemail, Coach. Uh, this is about uh, a speech. I'm not. Maybe you have to explain this a little bit. I think you understand what he's talking about. I hope you do. Uh, but I listened to the first time. I wasn't exactly sure. But I'll play it for you and then get your thoughts. Here you go. Coach Hyde. So every spring around the time of the College World Series, Coach Avi Garrido's famous locker room speech goes viral. But this time when hearing it, when he said, how could you do that? I thought, that sounds a lot like a more amped up Coach Hyde. So he goes on to say, 15 minutes from now, 
you all won't give a damn, but I gotta live with this MSN, SN embarrassing game for the rest of my effing life. So I just have to ask, is that speech real? Or is it a little theatrical to get the kids' attention? And also, are there moments that when you're like having dinner and enjoying a nice steak, uh, until you remember like a bad center quarterback exchange that cost you a game that caused you like to pound the tables and stand up and go take a walk to cool down? Michael in uh, Vegas. Michael in Vegas. I'm trying to think who it is. <laughs> or, um, or what the story was about. What 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 was it basically? I had trouble hearing it. What was he basically talking about? I'll yeah, it, I don't understand. Like it, it was it sounded like a reference to something, a, a speech that was given, and he wanted to know if the speech was real. So I'm not exactly sure. So we might have to uh, have him call back and explain it a little please. better. Yeah, please so, have him do that, Michael. Please, because if it was me giving the speech, I'll tell you. If it was someone else, I'll tell you it wasn't me. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I can come up with some weird things when I give a speech, as you can tell, whether I'm talking or demonstrating. So please, Michael, call back because I'm sure it's a good story. Yeah, just uh, it, it sounded like it was sort of like an inside inside story that I don't I, okay. maybe you were going to get. I'm not sure. Uh, we got one last one from Sir Eric of Troy. He says, I was watching uh, after a practice, the, an interview with defensive coordinator Alex Grinch and was noticing the backdrop. So where we do the interviews, there's like a, a wall basically from the outside of Howard Jones field that, you know, marks the outside of Howard Jones field. So you can't, you know, you can see over the wall if you're on the rest of campus and they have a backdrop there. And that's where we typically do all of the interviews with players and coaches. And on it, it said on the backdrop, it says uh, 14 NFL hall of famers, 11 national championships, etc. And he, and Eric says, what bothered me is it says seven Heisman trophy winners. So is this an old backdrop that does not include Caleb or does it, include Caleb and not Reggie Bush. Uh, if this is excluding Bush, how can we expect others to give Reggie his award back if USC is so willing to ignore it? Thanks for all you do. Fight on, Sir Eric of Troy. I know the markings inside uh, Howard Jones had previously, there was like on a, uh, basically on the side of Brian Kennedy Field, it said six Heisman winners or Heisman trophies or something like that. But I know USC's kind of tweeted out eight. Uh, they've, they've, after Caleb won, they were using eight. So I'm assuming that's an older backdrop. They just didn't update it from last year. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Coach, but I don't think it's anything. I think USC is sort of into the mode of accepting the the Reggie Bush Heisman now, but I, any thoughts there, Coach? Well, they should be. You've heard me talk about that before, not only on our the podcast you and I do, but on my other shows that I do. I think it's a shame that he doesn't have his Heisman trophy. I think that the university should have stuck up more for that when it happened. I would have never sent it back. He won that award on the field. And it was just part of all the sanction and weakness of USC that it showed during that period of time. And I thought at one time it was a breaking up of the Pac-12 because of lack of support from the Pac-12 towards USC during this period of time. It was a way of the Pac-12 trying to get even with the face of the, of the Pac-12 in the University of Southern California. So I think they should be strong. I think they should be proud of the athletes that played and uh, and uh, blew out their knees or backs or helmets or necks or whatever. And they won that. He won that trophy. And I think it should be demonstrated in every way. What are they going to do about it? If you put it up and you put his name up and you put his jersey back in the Coliseum, and you do all, what are they going to do about it? Well, they're going to tell you you can't do it. 
I mean, uh, there's so many rules and violations now that uh, on the old pattern of what the NCAA was. Who is the NCAA now? I don't know. We'll find out here shortly. Will it be a different division completely for football? But as far as I'm concerned, and I like that uh, sign Regency Billboard put up regarding give the trophy back. I mean, enough is enough, okay? And I think that should have been done at the time when it all happened for them to allow that trophy to be sent back and send back their own. Out of Heritage Hall was, um, was, I don't want to talk about it. Because it was absolutely ridiculous. But at that time, the athletic director thought he was a political director and he could do anything he wanted to do, and it backfired. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, good stuff. Uh, glad we uh, kind of get the get the you know last off season, whatever it is. the The residue of the off season is now removed from us, and we're going to be talking about football games going forward. And it's always fun chatting with you. So I appreciate you uh, coming on and spending the time. Ryan, I love coming on, and believe me, uh, whatever we say is our opinion. I know you have your opinion of the Reggie Bush situation and everything else, but I've never really cooled down the way everybody turned their back on USC during that period of time. Thanks, guys, and uh, be safe out there. All right. Thank you to Coach Hyde. Uh, thanks, everyone out there, for listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.